Coming to you live from the Venetian Hotel in Las Vegas and Money 2020, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate, actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. If you're looking to grow your digital banking business, check out Lemonade LXP, the digital growth platform for financial institutions and fintechs. Lemonade LXP has both ingredients you need to drive digital growth, a learning experience platform that uses daily micro-learning to give staff the knowledge and confidence they need to promote and support your digital capabilities, and a digital adoption platform that supports your digital capabilities with technology walkthroughs that you can author in just minutes. So if you're rolling out new technology, merging with or acquiring another FI, or just looking to drive digital banking growth, you gotta drink the lemonade. For more information, check out Lemonade LXP at www.lemonadelxp.com. You know, I was going to start this episode of Bankadelic Live for Money 2020 with a little bit of lounge singing because this is Vegas. And having gambled all of my money away, all $2 of it, I thought, well, I've got to earn my keep. So here we go. We're having such a great time here at Money 2020, where I've spent all my money. But hey, honey, why don't you tune into the show? <laughs> oh, my God. Lou, don't quit your day job. Don't quit your night job. Don't quit any job. And don't come out to Vegas looking for a job. Anyway, here we are. I'm so delighted we could get you down here on such short notice and the person I'm talking to across the table from me is Philip Paul. And Philip is an entrepreneurial executive with a proven track record of creating innovative businesses and generating significant enterprise value. And what's the company he's with? It's Cotribute, and he is the CEO. Philip, did I pronounce that correctly? You did, Lou, and thank you so much for having me on this podcast. Appreciate it, but yeah. you did a great job. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much, Philip. And for the people listening out there, and this is one of the fun questions I get to ask on the pod podcast, tell me a little bit about Cotribute, what it does, and as the CEO, what types of things are really important to you in terms of the philosophy and the approach of your company? You know, Luke, with Cotribute, what we really want to do is help credit unions and community banks with growth. That's our priority. And we do it a lot of different ways, but uh, we want to help them grow their deposits. We want to help them grow their loans. We want to help them grow their membership. You know, it's all about growth and helping them achieve it. Yeah, and growth is a beautiful thing because when a company is focused on that, it's one thing to say profit. It's another thing to say value. There's nothing wrong with those words, right? But growth is a very different thing because as consumers grow in their relationships, as companies grow 
likewise in relationships with companies and you promote that growth, that is really spreading. And I think this is a correct phrase for financial services. It's a righteous circle and it's a really wonderful thing. And in terms of what you do with the credit unions, give us a look under the hood as to how your company interacts with them. We know you're trying to achieve growth, but how are you doing it? And what's the technological backbone of that? You know, Lou, I was in a session this morning listening to Stephanie Ferris, the CEO of FIS, and she was relating an incident that happened with her college-age student, uh, her daughter, where they wanted to open an account for her, and it took them two visits to the local branch to get that done. Wow. Right, and, and our goal is to solve that problem where it's a frictionless, easy way that she could use one finger on her iPhone and be able to create an account at any credit union or bank. And we want to be able to do that so it's seamless and it's frictionless for them. And that's fantastic because especially insofar as credit unions are concerned, right, and community banks as well, there's this really bad stereotype that people will think, well, they're kind of behind the times. They're not technologically adept. It's kind of folksy. It's kind of hokey. And yet a lot of what I'm hearing at this conference is just the opposite and is totally consistent with what your company is doing. Yeah, you know, Lou, one of the themes that I've picked up in this conference is the whole uh, theme about how trust is such an important thing. Oh, yeah. Right? And, and you look at the, the macroeconomic environment, um, trust is even greater, you know, it's valued even higher now than it was a few years ago. And I think the local community banks, the local credit unions have that, you know, capital with them, the trust capital with them. Yeah. But what they've failed at, you're absolutely right, you look at the typical stereotype is they don't have the, the technology wherewithal. So our mission is to say, you know, you look at the chimes, the money lines, you know, all the fintechs, we want to provide that kind of an experience to a credit union or a community bank and, and without having them rip and replace their existing legacy systems. Mm-hmm. So keep your existing systems, the core systems, the investments that you've made, the training that you have for all your people, but layer this on top so that your consumer gets an experience like they would in a, in a traditional neobank. Fabulous. Now, one thing that I'm sure you have some special insight on has to do with the fact that human nature has so many of us resisting change. I know I resist change from time to time, trying to get better at not resisting it and moving with it. But I would think with the companies that you serve, you can go to them and have this fabulous value proposition that you do, and yet there is some trepidation. And I'm wondering how you deal with that friction point in your business. How do you reassure the companies that you're working with, like, hey, we're going to be with you, and it's not as bad as you think, we'll ease you into it. How does that work? You know, there, I think there are a couple of ways. One is, I think in particular in this industry, people want to see case studies of other people who've done it before. Yes. Right? So that's an important piece. But I think the other thing we do is we want to make it as frictionless to the organization as well. As, as you rightly said, 
all these organizations have so many different projects and this you know, it should not be another project that sucks away you know, time and energy. So one of the things we do is we have an implementation process that gets them up and running within 30 days and we list out, hey, this is what you do, this is what we do. And we've proven it now enough times where it feels straightforward. And again, because we're not ripping and replacing anything that they have, it feels like it's a very easy lift for them. Yeah. 30 days. I can't even get my living room clean in 30 days. (laughs) And you're helping them clean up, which is great. What I'm really impressed by as well is... You know, I've talked to a lot of people who will say, well, we deal with all these Fortune 500 companies, and that's usually the end of the sentence, right? But it's not just Fortune 500 companies. It's small regional credit unions. That's a broad swath. How do you keep the experience and the satisfaction consistent? And how do you explain the fact that you've got such a really broad spectrum of businesses that you work with? You know, it's interesting, Lou, I think one of the things that's happened is because of, you know, what consumers are demanding now, right, in terms of the experience that they want, I think organizations are at almost like a a point where they have to make a decision. Do we do something like this and and be one of the winners in Mm -hmm. this race? Or, you know, frankly, if you don't, I think the consumers are going to make the decision where you're no longer going to be, you know, relevant in the marketplace, right? Yeah. So, th- so there's a market, you know, demand that's actually, you know, really generating this. It's not, you know, they have to make decisions. They have to do something about it because they see that in the numbers. Yeah, that is really eye-opening because... I think about how a lot of business was done, let's say, a generation or two ago, and it was companies coming in with very heavy-handed sales techniques. Well, you need to do this, and here's why. And if I'm hearing you correctly, right, and it makes sense to me, you're working as a force for good because these institutions, they know it. They know what you're saying, right? Or they need to be made aware. Don't necessarily listen to us first listen to the consumers because they're going to tell you what they want and if you don't offer it we're going to walk the consumers right and that's where we come in we can help you do this absolutely and i think one of the things we try and do is also put ourselves in the shoes of these decision makers because at the end of the day you want to de-risk it as much as possible you know for them because they're making these decisions so what they're used to doing is making these, you know, large decisions that span five years where they have these long-term contracts. And, and what we tell them is, hey, we want to actually completely turn that around. We want to give you an out on the 90th day. If for some reason we're not able to perform, you know, let's actually part ways. Skin in the game, right? Skin in the game, yeah. But I think that reduces, you know, their anxiety of you know, adopting new technology because we're confident that we could make them succeed. We're confident that we could help them serve their members and the customers better. I've talked to a lot of people in this conference. We're going to have maybe 14 podcasts out before the conference is done. You're the first person I've talked to that has described something like that. And it makes me feel kindred in a way because that's how I operate. When I'm working with clients or people, I say, look, 
here's what we can do. But if for some reason along the way this isn't working for you, you tell me. And we'll, we'll make parting easy, and I hope you'll feel that we did everything we could. Now, I'm lucky because so far no one's taken me up on that. <laughs> and I work hard, as you guys do, right? But it really does show them not only that, you know, if you want to be cynical, there's an out, but that you are so much a believer in what you do and what Co-Tribute does Am I pronouncing that correctly? Is it you contribute? Are. You I've are. checked twice now, so <laughs> thank you. That's the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. Um, you know, really just saying to them, we believe in ourselves. We believe in this product. We believe in the good it can do. We believe in the connections it can make. And we believe, based on our track record, that this is something we can easily replicate. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, you're absolutely right. We haven't, you know, we've had tremendous response to that. But now we've gotten to a point where we have our customers actually, you know, saying that as well. And really, you know, that's the uh, place where we want to be is we want to be, you know, humble. We want to be hungry. We want to be helpful. Right? The three H's. The three H's, yeah. But, you know, we, we want to serve them well and we don't want to, you know, have an entitled attitude. You know, we want to serve them well every day. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned hungry because I think sometimes there's a tendency among the fintechs to backpedal a little bit. Well, we're not like these other people in the banking industry. But if you're not hungry, mm-hmm. how can you get things done? Sure. You know, if you're representing the company, you're representing the end user, my thinking is you better be hungry because being humble and helpful are very essential. But it sounds to me like it's three legs of the stool. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we, we have to be able to deliver on outcomes, right? At the end of the day, that's what, you know, uh, businesses want. And so we have to be able to deliver on outcomes, you know, whether it's, you know, increasing the conversion of people who are coming in where it's a frictionless, you know, thing, or reducing, you know, the back office. You know, as you probably know, fraud has been a theme that's come up so much in this conference. Yeah. And, and so one of the things we have to do is, you know, we talk to our customers and we hear them say, you know, up to 50, 60% of our applications or people who are applying, you know, are fraudulent applications. So we have ways of being able to look at that seamlessly in the background. So we want to give them a touchless way of either able to approve the application or deny the application, Mm -hmm. but really create operational efficiency at the back end so that it helps, you know, the back office. Wow, that's great. And you may know this, you may not, I'll tell you anyway. I'm someone who's a real tech geek and someone who loves technology. So, for example, drum roll, please. (laughs) We're recording today with two Shure SM7B mics going into a Sound Devices Mix Pre 3 that has cashmere preamps and two dynamite cloud lifters that boost the signal approximately 20 decibels, and then it will be fed into a Pro Tools unit with a 32-bit sample rate depth at 44.1 kilohertz, and then mixed out in the stereo wave file. I love tech. (laughs) And one of the things that blows me away is not just this is a cloud-based microservices architecture we're talking about, but blazing fast. (laughs) I love that phrase. (laughs) And I'm wondering if you can... You know, the one mistake I made here was I used all jargon, right? But explain to us 
how the architecture works and what sort of technology is involved in it that makes it work at this tremendous speed. Yeah, there's a lot of different aspects to that, as you can imagine. But one of the things we have is a really configurable way for the user experience. So this is the consumer coming in for them to be able to experience it where um, it does a lot of things in the background. So if you look at fraud checks, you as a consumer coming in, you don't, you don't even know that it's being done, but we do that seamlessly through APIs with other services that we use. Mm -hmm. We seamlessly connect to the core providers, right? So whether it's Fiserv or Jack Henry or you know, FIS or Correlation, we, we get data from them and we validate if all of this is right. We also have robotic process automation in the back end that you know, collects documents. So you know, if you're a credit union or a bank employee in the back end, you're not having to you know, bird dog signatures or documents. You know, all of that is done seamlessly. So that's a little bit of the, the architecture. We, we use a lot of different you know, pieces, but it's all centered around the experience of the member or the prospective member. You know, how could we make it frictionless for them? How could we make it easy for them? How do we reduce the workload for the credit union or the back office employee? That is fabulous. And yet it seems to me that you have an affection for technology, I'm looking at your LinkedIn page that goes all the way back to Kill Devil Hill and the beginning of the 20th century. <laughs> You've got the Wright brothers plane there. I've actually seen the plane at the Smithsonian Institution in DC and stared at it for like an hour. <laughs> so you are explaining something that's very technologically sophisticated, but yet the hunger, if I may use that word, that's underneath a lot of this is to push boundaries and to grow, which is exactly what the Wright brothers did. There was that expression that if man were meant to fly, God would have given him wings, and they didn't accept that. They pushed the whole ball forward, and then it literally took off, right? So yeah. I salute what you're doing here. Maybe as a, a wrap-up question, just to ask you that if we were to sit down, let's say, next year at Money 2020 or beforehand by a couple of months, let's, just for the sake of example, say a year from now, what might you be really excited to see going on with the company that you're either developing or you're planning? If you can talk about that a little bit, something that really you want to see take things to the next stage. You know, at the risk of sounding, you know, cliche, um, Lou, I, I think we think there's a lot of intelligence that we can actually build into the whole process. So if you look at, you know, what we do in terms of the consumer at the front end, but the back office folks in the bank and the credit union, mm -hmm. there's a lot of intelligence. You know, you look at generative AI, but there's also, you know, other ways to actually do, you know, really deterministic things, you know, with the data or probabilistic things. So we think there's a lot of, you know, uh, th that, that we're working on currently. I think that's key. But if you really look at even further, what are we hoping to accomplish? See, we, we really feel called to help community banks and credit unions because they serve over 100 million folks here in the U.S. Absolutely. Right? People forget about that or they don't know. Right. So that, that's a pretty large population. And I think we, we really want to be able to provide the tools and the products to the right person at the right time by helping credit unions and community banks accomplish that. 
right? So if next year we come back and we say, Lou, these are all the credit unions we've been able to help. These are all the community banks that we've been able to help. But more importantly, these are the members and the customers that we've actually touched. I think we'd be you know, thrilled with that. We have hit the proverbial left brain and right brain today where you've talked about this elegant technology, uh, how that helps people, the business side of it, but you're mentioning this human element and you've come to it more than once. Extremely refreshing. Phil, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and I hope we do this again. Lou, thank you so much. It was a privilege and I appreciate what you do for the community. Thank you. We're trying and we love the community too at Bankadelic. Philip Paul is the CEO at Cotribute and the company is based in Orange County, California. Be sure to look for Philip on LinkedIn. You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery. Bankadelic, sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. With more than 1.2 million page views annually, Talking Biz News is the go-to source for happenings in business journalism. Whether you're a PR professional, a business journalist, or someone just breaking into the field, TBN is a source that you cannot do without. Whether you're following the Washington Post, New York Times, local media outlets, or some feisty news startup, Talking Biz News has you covered. Job openings are also listed and updated every day on the TBN website. Be sure to sign up for your free subscription to the TBN newsletter at Talking Biz News. That's Talking B-I-Z News.com. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Ken Montone. Our business consigliere, the one and only Rob Gaynor. Dude, I totally got into the show. Thanks as always to the William Mills Agency for their generous support. Thanks also to Banker Hire, Lemonade LXP, and Talking Biz News, a division of Vested LLC. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn and at the Civil War reenactment as Abraham Lincoln. Until next time... So long.
Funkadelic is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.